are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast. They're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who the always wonderful and might I add handsome host of this podcast, multimedia journalist and graphic designer, Miller Thomas. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, I want to talk about Game 6 of the World Series. Dodgers winning last night against the Rays. So I want to talk about that game. I have some thoughts about Kershaw, the Dave Roberts decision, just overall about that game. Uh, and then I'll also talk about what Bleach Report had to say was a big warning to every MLB, every MLB team. Ooh, I'm struggling to say that for some reason. Every MLB team, MLB team, before free agency trade season and... The one question every MLB team must answer heading into the offseason. But first, if your company is interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Lockdown Diamondbacks are listened to by 90% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, I'll read to the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. And today's episode is brought to you by BuiltBar.com. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com for 20% off your next order. All right, all right, all right. Let's get into that game. What was it? Game 5 last night of the World Series. We saw... The Dodgers versus Rays last night in Game 5 of the World Series. I'm just trying to get all my tabs in order to talk about this game. And it was a game for the Dodgers. They won 4-2 last night over the Rays. We saw a great clean Kershaw last night. He was dominant. I'm not going to make any bones about it. Five and two-thirds innings, two earned runs, six strikeouts. He looked good last night. He only had 50 or 85 pitches thrown. Tyler Glass now on the other side on the mound for the Tampa Bay Rays. He wasn't as sharp. Five innings, four earned runs. He had seven strikeouts, but three walks, two home runs allowed. It wasn't the sharpest start for Tyler Glass now. Now the Rays are in a 3-2 hole, and there were some definitely mistakes. We saw the Manuel Margot attempt to steal home on Clay Kershaw. Uh, the Rays are such a smart baseball team. They're such a, a team that tries to, you know, manufacture runs. They're not afraid to steal bases, but they're, they're also such an analytically driven team, such a smart team, and they're just a team that I wouldn't have expected to try and steal home. In a World Series game now, Margot says the steal, the attempted steal at home, uh, was all on him. He says it was his choice to do it. Uh, he, he really did think he had a chance to do it. He says it was 100% his decision. So I guess we won't put it on Dave Roberts for sending him on that one. But maybe we got probably not, not Dave Roberts, excuse me, Kevin Cash of the man, uh, of the Rays. Maybe we shouldn't put it on Kevin Cash, who is really 
Manuel Margot's decision, but maybe Cash has to do a better job of managing his players and coaching them not to do that kind of, uh, not not to attempt something that risky and that kind of moment. I mean, we people already, the stolen bases already in, in baseball in general have been on the decline because people anal- are, are just more analytically driven and they look at stolen bases as easy outs. They say if someone wants to steal home, it's just like the money ball thing. You pick it up and you throw that ball to second, you get them out. If someone wants to give you outs, you just take the easy outs. And that's what people feel like stolen bases are. They feel like a lot of times they're just easy outs and opportunities for outs for other teams, even though I still feel like they're greater opportunities for run scoring than everything i mean if i have mookie Betts on my team he gets thrown out seven times a year but steal me 21 bags i feel like a three to one ratio is usually going to mean more opportunities for my offense to score than not but you know what do you if you don't believe in the stolen base but definitely in that situation last night i wouldn't have wanted Margot to I hate this ESPN tab, man. It starts so many ads automatically, and I just hate it so much. So if you guys heard that, I'm I'm very sorry. I don't know if that was just in my ear. If you guys heard the ESPN ad music play just now, but I'm sorry if you guys heard that. I can't stand ESPN and how they autoplay ads and random things off their website when no one asks them to. But they tried to stop my train of thought. But yeah, no one wants to see Margot try to steal the home plate in that situation because runs are just so hard to come by. And I get it. You're the race. You've been struggling to score runs. Your offense hasn't been great. If our Rosarina's not out here smacking home runs and singles and doubles and triples whenever he can... This offense would not really be anything if it wasn't for a Roz Arena, but I do want to talk about Dave Roberts' decisions to take Clint Kershaw out the game last night because all over my timeline, we saw even at, at the game, at the stadium, we saw Dave Roberts get booed. All over my timeline, it was, how can you take Clayton Kershaw out in this moment? How can you do that to Kershaw? He's out there dealing. He's out there being dominant. He's saving his legacy. And so many people did already say he saved his legacy after he was taken out. So so many people in my timeline saying Kershaw's legacy is saved. He redid his legacy. It's done. It's fixed. Clayton Kershaw, playoff Kershaw, it's gone. It's only Clayton Kershaw. He's now the all-time leader in strikeouts in the postseason. Put respect on his name. Dave Roberts, what are you doing, Clayton Kershaw? Taking Clayton Kershaw out of a World Series game when he's dealing like that. I don't get it. You're an awful manager. Let's fire Dave Roberts. That's been the talk I've been hearing. Why you did? Why'd you take Kershaw out? What are you doing? His, his legacy has been saved. And I, I just want to know, what have you guys been watching for the last decade of Kershaw's career? I don't understand how you can say that was a bad decision by Dave Roberts. Did he take Clayton Kershaw a little bit early when he was dealing? Maybe, but we've seen Clayton Kershaw give up games, give up runs, give up home runs when leading in a game, when leading in a game, late in a game, when trying to go through a lineup a third time. That's when Clayton Kershaw struggles. Do we not remember against the Atlanta Braves, or was it game five, game six, as he entered that fifth or sixth inning, he started to struggle, started to give up a couple earned runs, and then by the end of the game, we were like, wow. Maybe that was playoff Kershaw because he didn't look as sharp as the game got later. And he did falter toward the end of that game. And I believe that could have happened in last night's game. We've seen it too many times. Have you not watched Clayton Kershaw, his postseason career? He's a lot of times good early and then a lot of times bad late. And last night could have been that reason. I'm not mad for Dave Roberts for keeping Clayton Kershaw on a short lease because guess what? 
Clint Kershaw went out there in that sixth inning and gave up a home run or a couple earned runs. You would have been yelling at Dave Roberts saying, what are you doing? Kershaw already had a, a strong five innings. Let's take him out before he comes in because we know about his woes. So either, either way, I feel like we put Dave Roberts in a lose-lose situation. Like, what have you guys seen with Clay, Clay and Kershaw to give you guys that confidence they should have left him out there longer in the game? Because of how he pitched this postseason, I'll give it to him. The last start in the World Series was very good. He's been dominant this po- this World Series. And overall, he's had a great postseason. But that doesn't mean I already believe his playoff legacy is saved. And let's not forget this. There are no fans in the stadium right now. So I do believe you have to take that into account. Maybe his playoff legacy will be fixed for this season if they do end up winning the World Series. But I'm not saying his playoff legacy is fixed as at all until I see the Dodgers win the World Series because guess what? There's a Game 7. You best believe Clay Kershaw will have a chance to come out the bullpen in that game. And I'm telling you, all bets are off if I see Clay Kershaw in the Game 7. I still won't have supreme trust in him. And back on the point of no fans in the stadium, I mean, we saw the basketball in the bubble. How many of these no-name guys, or not even just no-name guys, maybe they were, you know, relevant names, but we never saw them perform on this level. You know, TJ Warren's not a no-name guy, but all of a sudden, we dropped in 50 in the bubble. We saw guys Guys like Jamal Murray, Goran Terrors, we've never seen Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson stepping up as really inexperienced players. I think the lack of fans really creates a more relaxed environment, an environment where you can really lock in and not have to worry about that outside distraction. So I give kudos to Clay Kershaw if he, you know, doesn't have those demons to work through while in the postseason right now because there are no fans. You don't have that intense environment yelling at you and you don't feel that crowd, that pressure from the crowd. So I won't hold it against Clayton Kershaw if he goes out there and performs dominantly without that playoff pressurized kind of environment. But I'm not going to all of a sudden say his legacy has been wiped away and been fixed because he's in a unique situation where he doesn't feel that playoff pressure like he normally would. And I do think, guess what, if there were fans in the stadium and it was a 40,000-person packed house once again at Dodger Stadium, I do think we would see Clayton Kershaw struggling once again and there's still game seven like I said so I'm not ready to say Clayton Kershaw's legacy has has been saved just yet still got game seven as Kobe always said the job's not done the job's not finished so we'll see and there's no fans right now so how can you truly say his legacy has been saved and let's not kill Dave Roberts let's not kill Dave Roberts today or Tegan Kershaw out early because we've seen Kershaw struggle so many times late in postseason games when going through that lineup the third time so not mad at Dave Roberts either. Now, I'll talk about the one big question the Diamondbacks have to answer heading into the 2020 offseason. But first, let me tell you guys about BuiltBar.com because Built Bar is back and more improved than ever before. And they have 18 amazing flavors, but they actually have six new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry bar, sea, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Now, the bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're both soft and easy to chew. Now, the reason why I love Bill Bars is because they're healthy. They're great for the health-conscious guy like me because I think that I'm eating a candy bar, but I'm actually, in reality, just eating a protein bar that's helping me lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, so it's great for the keto diet. You go to BuiltBar.com right now. Built Bar has reset their promo code for this relaunch. Get a free cooler purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKDOWN and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKDOWN for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. 
right, let's get back into it and let's go to Bleach Report. Talk about the one uh, the one question that the D-backs must answer, the one big question the D-backs must answer heading into the 2020 offseason. This was written by Martin Fenn on my birthday because my birthday was October 24th. This article came out that day, so happy belated birthday to myself. And you guys can go, uh, you know, tweet at the Locked On Diamondbacks Twitter handle. If you guys want to shout out a happy birthday to me, or you could do it at CreatorThomas24 on Twitter as well. If you know one of my followers on here want to give me a shout out on Twitter, just go ahead and do it at CreatorThomas24 or at Locked On Diamondbacks. But either way, Martin Fan wrote on here, for the Diamondbacks, there's one big question they have to answer. Should they cut fat or spend again heading into the 2020 offseason? Because he writes, the D-backs have this choice heading into the 2019 offseason. How should they build upon a 85-win team? Should they do it conservatively? Just you know, expect their players to get better and build on an 85-win team just organically? Should they go out there and spend in the offseason? And that's what they did last year. They went out there and they spent in the offseason. They got Madison Bumgarner. They traded for Starling Marte. They went out and tried to acquire some talent in the offseason. And we saw how it ended up in 2020. It did not work out. Madison Bumgarner has looked like a shell of himself from his San Francisco Giants days. Starling Marte was arguably the best player, but we unfortunately traded him at the deadline. So those were our two big offseason acquisitions, and they were both basically washes. But the D-backs, they still have talent on this roster that could, they could still trade, wheel and deal. They got trade assets on this active roster, and they also have one of the best farm systems in all of baseball, so they should have some interesting trade chips. Now, when you do ask the question, should they spend big in the offseason or or do it more conservative, do it more conservative? conservatively conservatively so many words i struggle to say but conservative <laughs> conservatively should they play conservatively or should they build by spending once again this offseason and that's a real question i mean you got guys on this roster that maybe you should hope for a bounce back from like a ketel Marte. i mean that guy was a supreme stud in 2019 a real mvp candidate he actually finished top five in mvp voting in 2019 so that makes you wonder Maybe you should wait for a bounce back from Ketel Marte. Maybe you tell Eduardo Espar to get in a better off-season training program so he could enter 2021 in better in shape. And hopefully he's been working out in the off-season on his skill set so he could get better in 2021 because he smashed 35 home runs to 18 uh, and 118 ribbies in 2019 with a OPS above 800, but he was just absolutely disgusting this season. They got guys like Cole Calhoun, who have a club option for 2022, but it's under contract for this season, and he should be back. I mean, I, I don't expect the D-backs to do anything with Cole Calhoun, considering he was a Gold Glove finalist and led this team by a lot in home runs, but a guy like Carson Kelly... He needs to have a bounce back. He really struggled. Madison Bumgarner, we already know about what he needs to do to have a rejuvenation. So there's a lot of guys on this team that you say if you get a bounce back season from him, then the Z-back team will be right in line to really compete in 2021. But can you really believe it? I mean, heading from 2019 to 2020, so many guys were coming off career seasons where we just say, hey, they just do that again, then the D-backs will be fine. And they didn't. They regressed mightily. So now can we do it, you know, do it vice versa and say so many guys are coming off their career worst season, so we should expect bounce backs. And I don't know if we should do that. I do think the D-backs need to trade some players, do some wheel and dealing. I think they need to retool this roster. 
I don't know what you could get from Madison Bumgarner. I don't even know if he's tradable. I think the D-backs need to do something about this rotation and bullpen. Their pitching, I think, was just awful. And then their offense. I, I think they need to somehow acquire another big-name player. I really like Starling Marte. I really do think uh, he could have been a really nice player in this organization for a couple years. Can't tell Marte needs to have a bounce back. I'm confident he will. Still like Christian Walker. I like David Peralta and Cole Calhoun. But... Carson Kelly, I mean, he, he would really struggle this offseason or this season. Eduardo Escobar, he needs to really prove that he can have a bounce back. Nick Ahmed, I, I wouldn't be opposed to, you know, upgrading offensively there. And we just don't know whether Ketel Marte is going to play either second or center field. So one of those two spots needs to be upgraded with a, a really key offensive piece. For the D-backs to have a real shot at competing in 2021 because the offense was just so putrid this season. And you can't go into another season expecting the same guys on this roster to all of a sudden have a bounce back season or career year in 2021. So really, there's not too many guys on this team that I really trust uh, or have a lot of confidence in right now. I still have confidence in Ketel Marte, plus the other guys I named. But the D-backs could go out there, maybe wheel and deal. Maybe you could do something for Bumgarner, at least maybe add talent to the starting rotation. Uh, because uh, Gallon, I like. Hopefully, Merrill Kelly has a bounce back. Madison Bumgarner looks locked in right now. But Luke Weaver, he needs to, you know, if he doesn't have a bounce back next season, then all of a sudden you have to start looking at other options instead of Luke Weaver. So a lot of big question marks for the Diamondbacks. And maybe they just stay in pat and let next season over the course of a full 162 game season answer a lot of the questions they have now about certain, uh, about their players. And when it comes to players like Eduardo Escobar, Luke Weaver, maybe they just say, hey, we saw a good season from you guys in 2019. Saw awful season from you guys in 2020. Let's just say those two are a wash. And whatever you, whatever you do in 2021 will be your make or break year. If you perform mightily and perform very well above expectations, then we'll keep you and most likely extend you. But if you guys falter in 21, then we'll either try to trade you or we might just outright release you and let you walk in free agency. Something along those lines. So I think... Though those questions heading into the this offseason are going to be huge. I think Mike Hazen and the rest of that front office got a, a big plate to fill this offseason because we just don't know. that This Dimebacks team is just so weird. It just feels so talented, but yet they were just so bad. So you're just kind of in this gray area of what to do with this team, whether to stand pat or whether to go out there and go big fish hunting. But whatever the D-backs do, I'm going to stand behind. I'm going to stand by them. I'm hopefully going to stand behind them. But if I have to rip them on this podcast, best believe I'm going to rip the Arizona Diamondbacks. Now, that's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Diamondbacks coverage, news, and insight. Uh, this is the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast, so it's your team every day and as always stay safe and stay healthy deuces